the Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Welcome along to another edition of the St Albans Film Guide, uh, this time with the one and only, the inimitable Max Hartington here. Hello, Max. Hello, Danny. I don't know what that word means, but I'm glad to hear it in front of my name. Okay. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Max has an education, don't you know? Um, yeah. Now, it, it may you may think to yourself, you know what? It doesn't feel like it's been a month since Max was last here doing this. Don't think it has been, has it? Well, it hasn't. It was a fortnight. I was going to say. Yeah, you don't know. Um, <laughs> I've lost all track of time. Of course you have. The The deal is, is that uh, Max does the film guide on the third and fifth Fridays of the month. And there are four fifth Fridays in the year. And uh, this is one of them. Well, I'm glad to be here. And You've got no idea. You just turn up when you're told. Not pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm always, you know, always want to bring the enthusiasm. Okay, well, that's good. Thank you. So, uh, what what we do on the film guide, if this is your first time, welcome along. And uh, what we do is we look at uh, Max's choice of the best films on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. Uh, we starting with um, the uh, Friday, the twenty ninth of April. We'll also look at a uh, another film that uh, Max has. Uh, it's well it's max's action films max picks another action classic uh, and uh, it is we are taking it to the to the max you like that don't you never going to get tired of that that no. is that that's the highlight of being here okay yeah so uh, yeah there you go so that so we'll have another um, action film uh, coming up a bit later that that is a f- um, one of max's favorites uh, but before that we'll look at new releases on the streaming services and before that new releases in the cinema and we just want to talk about it in the cinema this week and it's the new Downton Abbey movie is it Downton Abbey the next generation or something Downton Abbey a new era okay <laughs> tell us more uh the Crawley family uh, of the Downton Abbey family uh, go on a grand journey to the south of France to uncover the mystery of the Dowager Countess's newly inherited villa okay and now, two people. It's a bit here, of history. Two, two people here talking about a thing that none of us have ever watched. There is going to be a Downton Abbey fan out here who's absolutely screaming at the sound of us, <laughs> yeah. trying trying our best to uh, to make sense of a. Uh, well, that, well, I can tell. There's there's an Abbey. Uh, is it is it down? It's not downtown. That's not it. Yeah, I told, I told you how to do this, and already he's gone well off the... <laughs> so, but neither of us have ever seen Downtown, but we've never watched it. That isn't a, um, a slight on it one way or the other, it's just it's not particularly our thing. No. So to be able to talk, talk uh, at length about this movie would be somewhat disingenuous if we were to do that. Yes. But what we can do is we can tell you about it, we can tell you what we know about it, and then if, if you are... Because let's face it, if you're a fan of Downtown Abbey, you're going to go and see this movie. Yeah, I think you've already, you've already been keeping track of this one you've long already, before. Yeah, you've already got your tickets, you're delighted they're doing it again, and it looks like it's a, a lot of the old favourites are back as well. Is that right? Seems like it. So we've got Dominic West, uh, Laura Haddock, Maggie Smith, of course. Maggie Smith, I know, is the... Uh, Maggie Smith, I know, was the face of Downton Abbey to me. You you see her and you go, oh, you know, she's she. I get, again, I wish I could say the character's name, but she, it's always been a case of Violet Crawley. If only there was something uh, where you could actually look this stuff up right in front of you. I imagine that. Yeah. Well, Maggie Smith as Violet Crawley very much seems like you know. If, if I see something advertised for the film or I see somebody watching it, I see, think I've seen more of Downton Abbey from people watching Downton, Downton Abbey and other shows and films than me actually having seen it, but. I feel like Maggie Smith is very much the face of it. Well, uh, yes, yeah, probably her and Hugh Bonneville, uh, who plays Robert Crawley. Um, and uh, yeah, he says reading off of his screen. But but uh, some other some other people in there as well. Um, and and I think some of these other uh, Michelle Dockery and Tuppence Middleton, I think uh, are both also 
in <laughs> like long-standing people from it. Uh, but one of the names that jumped out at you, uh, who I believe is new to the whole Downton Abbey franchise. Yeah, Hugh Dancy. Okay, uh, tell us why that excites so you. So Hugh Dancy stands up to me. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Hannibal TV series that you know ran in the early 2010s. Very uh, similar to Downton Abbey. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's exactly how. that I can't believe I haven't seen Downton Abbey because they're pretty much uh, spiritual successors to each other. Yeah. But uh, Hugh Dancy, of course, uh, stars in Hannibal, the sort of uh, the pre-story retelling of Red Dragon in the story of Hannibal Lecter, where Mads Mikkelsen played uh, Hannibal Lecter. They both, uh, both of them as the leads did fantastic jobs. Um, I think it would be really good to see him doing something. I, he hasn't really... Uh, well, I've seen... He's, so he's been fairly busy since. I saw yeah. him in um, the, the Good Fight, which was the spin-off to the TV series The Good Wife. Uh, it's a legal American legal thing, and he oh. was in that, uh, and and he was very good in that as well. And it's, he was only in, like a guest starring role for a few episodes, but he was very good. Uh, and uh, and also uh, Dominic West is in this. I'm not sure if he is somebody that is from uh, previous Downton Abbey's as well. I've got a feeling he's not. I feel he's new to this. Ah oh, well, I think he'll. Uh, you know, let's hope he brings some of the energy he brings to the Wire to <laughs> to Downton Abbey. Yes, yes, where where he played McNulty, yeah. wasn't he in the Wire? He'll be kicking indoors and <laughs> cracking yeah. skulls in Downton Abbey, I'm sure. Yeah. So anyway, that's um, that's the w- one big movie out this week. Uh, Down was it called Downton Abbey? The new the new era. The new era, and uh, that's out right now. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. Time now to look at new uh, original releases on the streaming services. Just one from Prime Video uh, this time to tell you about. Uh, out on the 29th of April, uh, we have I Love America, Max. In this comedy, a single woman who decides to take on chance on Love Again is uh, catapults her life from Paris over to Los Angeles. From awkward dates to touching surprise encounters, she understands the journey to love is a journey towards herself. Uh, this is directed by Lisa Azuelos, uh, the top cast, uh, the person who is sort of the star of this all is Sophie, uh, Sophie Michaud as Lisa. Uh, you might know her as the female lead in Braveheart, or you might know her, as I know her, as being the bad guy in The World Is Not Enough with my favourite Bond, sort of, Piers Brosnan. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, yeah, Sophie Marceau was, was in uh, The World Is Not Enough, and she was, what was the character that she played? Electra King, which is, if that is not a, a Bond uh, bad, <laughs> bad yeah. person name, that's a, you know, what else can you... Yeah, it was. I mean, it's a bit of a mild spoiler to tell you that she's the bad guy in it because she doesn't start out as the bad guy. You discover toward the end that she's actually not the the person she, you think she is. Uh, but she was pretty good at being able to sort of twist yeah. in that sort of way. She, you know, she she tugs on uh, Bond's heartstrings. Yes. Uh, so uh, so this is um, this is a, a French movie, and uh, yeah, the, the other cast and and crew. Uh, aren't any that are particularly well known to us except for Sophie Marceau seems like a lot of other sort of upstarts people were people who are I mean Colin Woodall I can see is uh, sort of picking up his career uh, it looks like he's actually going to be starring in the the TV series The Continental which is of course is about the John Wick universe oh okay so, yeah all right but anyway that's um, that's the film I Love America uh, which is out on Prime Video on uh, the 29th of April 
The Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the Sonobles podcast with Danny Smith. Time now for another entry into this little section that we call Max's Action Films, because these are action films that take it to the... To the max, 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 max. I feel like I'm doing a bit too much on that one now, but... A little bit, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, this time round, uh, tell us about the action film that you have chosen. Of course, I can tell you about it. So this time we've gone for something that's a little more... I think this is the most modern of all of the action films I picked. It's in the most here. recent one you've done so far. Yeah, most of them have been 80s. I was starting to get a bit self-conscious and I thought that, you know, action films haven't just died a death in the uh, in the 2000s. They have actually, they've come back and they've, if anything, they've got a bit uh, more wacky with the concepts because today's pick that I'm going to tell everyone about is Snowpiercer from 2013. Uh, this action sci-fi thriller is uh, set in a future where a failed climate change experiment has killed all life except for the survivors on one train named Snowpiercer. So uh, the film itself is all about how these people are trapped on the train. There's a big sort of class divide. Uh, if, you're, if you're, you know, not quite one of the highlights of society, you get put in the carriage at the back. If you're, you know, very fancy upper class, you get put in the front. And the people at the back decide to storm the rest of the train. And uh, is that right that this train, it has to keep moving? But, um, and if it stops for more than like 10 or so minutes, it, it, everyone freezes to death. Yeah, so the whole thing is that the planet is in this super sub- sub-zero temperature where... The train has to keep moving. Uh, there's some really great scenes that make uh, the most of this absolutely like freezing temperature outside, but that would be a spoiler. And I want people to <laughs> come and watch this because it's really good. Uh, I can't... The action in it is fantastic. Um, directed by Bong Joon-ho, who, of course, has really picked up... Uh, I mean, had a very sort of big career anyway, but it's really big thanks to Parasite now. Okay. Tell us about the cast. Of course. So in the cast, uh, the lead is Chris Evans. Chris Evans is the leader of this sort of uh, Oh, from revolution. Virgin Radio's Breakfast Show. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and uh, the less successful Top Gear reboots. <laughs> He's tip that out of his yeah. own uh, CV anyway. You know, um, no, it's the other one, isn't it? It's the Captain America Chris the Evans. The Captain America Chris Evans. Uh, I think he does a really solid job in this one. He gets to sort of not just be... Uh, he's, he's got a bit of edge, I think. He's, he's got this sort of uh, scrappy beard on. He's a bit, bit rough around the edges. Jamie Bell stars as his sort of right-hand man. Uh, Tilda Swinton in this one, really fantastic. She's playing these sort of um, the face of the upper class who really look down on these people. Uh, she really plays plays that sort of snooty, uh, snooty character really well that you just want to see want to see bad things happen to her. Uh, yeah, uh, Kang Ho Sung, uh, who you would know as the father from Parasite, uh, the Oscar winner, a uh, really fantastic character in this one as well, because uh, he's sort of tied to the director. And John Hurt also makes an appearance as well. Okay. You've also got Ed Harris in there, Octavia Spencer, Ewan Bremner. Um, yeah, quite a few people that are names or faces, at least, that people might well recognise. Also, Alison Pill, who is now starting to make a name for herself in the Star Trek Picard TV series. Oh. Um, I- I'm guessing she wasn't that well known back then, given that her character doesn't actually have a name. <laughs> Unless Teacher is her name. No, Teacher is... is- she, she, doesn't get, she doesn't get an name. She's just it. a teacher. Yeah, no. Right, just a teacher. Then. Just, she's not just a teacher. She's yeah. a teacher in Snowpiercer. Right, okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, so this is... Um, is it quite dark? It sounds quite dark. Or it, it is a bit dark. It's not... Um, Any I, hope in it at all? Uh, well, I think so. I think there's a, there's a sort of optimism in the back of it, but there is. it's a very gritty sort of... Um, I think it... Because it's taking that Korean sort of aesthetic, you think of Korean action films, like The Raid is a really big one that has this sort of very... The whole film looks really great, but you're having these amazing action scenes going on. That's sort of what's going on here. But I think it um, it has to be very sort of grimy to tell the story it wants to tell. But okay. it uses... There are some really amazing shots of people you know, running down the, the train and charging at each other that really sell it as an action film, as well as this sort of 
thriller with a sort of darker edge. Okay. And um, and it's based on a graphic novel? Yeah. So originally it was based on a French story that was all about... So the French story is a sort of a warning about the effects of climate change, which, of course, you know, if you're... It basically tells you that if you don't start recycling, you're going to be trapped in a big metal train, uh, <laughs> having to fight people, traveling around the world for the rest of your life. Okay. And what was that French graphic novel called? Le Transpire... <laughs> you said you wouldn't do this. <laughs> you that me. is Le Transpersenage. Le Transpersenage. Okay. My, my French heritage is, of course, showing itself there. Le Transpersenage, I would guess. Oh, okay. But I, I could be wrong. You've got French I, heritage. I'll take you a guess. Yeah, French, French heritage. Well, then that's really pathetic. Yeah, th- th- in that case, they're really looking down yeah, on me. Yeah. Anyway. I don't actually. That was no. an excuse that didn't work. No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, Snowpiercer then is your choice. Uh, that's uh, the, for this time around for Max's action films with uh, action films that take it to the max. Please with that. Yeah, definitely. Oh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast, One to One with Elspeth. Find a local person with a story, and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week, I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is, you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for the St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's One to One with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans Podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. Time now to take a look at Max's choice of films to watch on free-to-air TV for the week ahead. And we're going to start off with uh, Friday the 29th of April, Max. Uh, coming up this Friday on Film 4, we have Zombieland at 9 o'clock. Uh, Zombieland is a action comedy horror. It's a really good mix uh, in which a shy student tries to reach his family in Ohio with a gun-toting bruiser in search of the last Twinkie on the planet and a pair of sisters trying to get to an amusement park. And they all join forces to do a sort of... It's a road trip film, but uh, the road trip film includes zombies. Yeah, and it's sort of post-apocalyptic zombie wasteland kind of thing, isn't it? Yes, yeah. But but quite it's quite light, isn't it? It's quite funny. It's just a nice, easy watch. Uh, it, it From the start, from the first five minutes, it doesn't, you know, it's not trying to do a 28 Days Later, it's the worst thing ever, which, of course, is another film we mentioned on the film guide uh, mm. previously. But no, this is just um, this is just straight up, straight up a fun journey, uh, it, which starts off by telling you about all the rules of living in a zombie-infested wasteland, and then introduces uh, Woody Harrison's character as uh, a cowboy who, you know, slings around shotguns and really likes Twinkies. Mm. So, so yeah, we, we, we're sort of following the, the lead person played by... Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, and, and so he's playing some sort of nerdy kind of guy. That's yeah. a real stretch for him. Uh, <laughs> really, really playing against type there. And then the others around him are, are all sort of a little bit more experienced at, at surviving and helping... So we're seeing it from his point of view, aren't we? We're, so he's got this thing where every other character pretty much is really cool and is able to just survive in the zombie zombie wasteland, no problem. And uh, he sort of has had to create like a, a rule, like a rule list that has like I think two hundred or something rules about how we can survive in a 
in a zombie in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And but, and who else is in there? Uh, so we've got Jesse Eisenberg starring, of course, Woody Harrelson playing a. So every character is named after a state as their sort of their story. So Jesse Eisenberg's Columbus, Woody Harrelson stars as Tallahassee the cowboy. We've got Emma Stone as Wichita and uh, Abigail Breslin as Little Rock. They're the main cast. Uh, spoilers for my favorite cameo in this one, but Bill Murray's going to make an appearance at some point as well. Okay, and, and there is a sequel to this, isn't there? There is. It's Zombieland Double Tap. Right. So I've seen the first one. I've not seen the second, but I did thoroughly enjoy the first one. It, this one's really sort of enjoyable. Uh, second one sort of goes with the same cast. It does suffer from that thing of being a sequel that was made 10 years later, but it is, it's fun. Okay. That's uh, Zombieland on uh, Friday the 29th of April, 9pm on Film 4. Uh, so let's move to Saturday, 9pm uh, on ITVB. We have About a Boy. About a boy, this 2002 comedy tells the story of Will Freeman, a hip Londoner who one day realises that all of his friends are involved with the responsibilities of married life and he is sort of left out in the cold as a bachelor. So he decides that the best approach to do that is to drop himself off into a sort of uh, parenting group as a single father with an imaginary child. Uh, from there, he finds himself sort of embroiled with a mother and son and it gets and gets more than he bargained for. Okay. Yeah, so, so this is... Um, well, tell us who's in it. Um, of course. So, funnily enough, starring as the uh, Bachelor in a 2002 rom-com, you have Hugh Grant, of course. Uh, yeah. Of course, Nicholas Holt is in this one as well. As uh, Funny, and I think it's his first sort of starring role, but he plays the sort of sassy kid who is able to hold his own against uh, Hugh Grant. Mm. And I think it really sort of shows that this was defining his career sort of thing isn't yeah, it yeah I mean it, it, so this is probably where most people would have seen him first as a, as a ch- pretty much a child actor yeah. uh, and he did an incredible job and um, and yeah and Hugh Grant I thought as much as you were sort of saying you know like you know if you want a British guy to star in a rom-com it yeah. ran around this time it's Hugh Grant but he he was playing against type yeah. because he wasn't kind of playing the foppish English bumbling sort of character that, that he plays so often this one was slightly different he had a little bit of swagger because his character was, um, uh, his was it his father had written, was it his father or he had written a something about a Christmas song, wasn't it? And and he, he lived off of the royalties. It was his father. Yeah, his father had written a Christmas song, and that sort of t- ties into the plot as well. But uh, Tony Collette also stars as um, mm. Nicholas Holt's mother in this one as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and really good. And, and there was a bit of depth and poignancy to it as well. And seeing something of her struggles and, yeah. and, and you know, how well, they, they face those. So she struggles with depression in the film. And I think uh, it's it sort of really does this. I sold it as sort of a, an early sort of rom-com, but it's also, I think it has a real sort of nice heart and depth to it. It mm. really sort of explores. the These are the three main, main characters, but it really goes into, you know, what motivates them. Mm. And it is... Uh, it's a really nice character piece on top of everything, and the soundtrack by Badly Drawn Boy, I believe. Oh, I'll have to check that. Well, certainly he did the he did the song about a boy. I don't know whether he provided all of the music or, or what, but I know that Badly Drawn Boy was involved with the movie in some way. But uh, but anyway, that's uh, about a boy. Thank Hugh Grant and Tony Collette. Uh, ITVB nine pm on Saturday the thirtieth of April. Coming up this Sunday on Great Movies at nine pm, we have Deja Vu. Deja Vu is a 2006 action crime and sci-fi triple threat uh, of after a ferry is bombed in New Orleans, an ATF agent, that's anti-terrorist, uh, anti-terrorist force, uh, agent joins it's, a unique... It's not. Is it not? What's the ATF? That's not what it stands for. What does it stand for? Uh, it's alcohol, tobacco and firearms. Of course, that's my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched too many of these American crime that's, dramas, I, I know was, this stuff. I was just trying to drag you out of here with the NCIS information. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an ATF agent joins a unique investigation using experimental su- surveillance technology that allows him to find the bomber by going back in time. Uh, this is a really fantastic film starring... Uh, 
starring Denzel Washington, uh, which is ba- which yeah is sort of a mind-bending thriller because he has to sort of uh, reflect uh, reflectively look into the crime after it's already happened using this technology. So uh, it's this sort of really trippy effect where he's able to look through in this uh, virtual reality thing and he starts seeing people who have all been on the ferry and tries to piece everything together after it's already happened. Okay. Uh, we've also got Val Kilmer in there uh, and Jim Caviezel who uh, I, I recently watched uh, The Passion of the Christ for the first time and was, was blown away by his performance. Oh. Um, I used to, there was a TV series called Person of Interest a couple of years ago where he played a, a bloke with a certain set of skills and, and he, he's very dark and brooding. And, uh, and yeah, th- slightly different role of this one, from, um, certainly from his role as, <laughs> as Jesus Christ. But um, yeah, uh, an actor I think he, he's quite good in, in what he turns up in. And directed by Tony Scott, uh, who uh, Max is looking slightly puzzled, but you will be you, your breath will be truly taken when you find out that Tony Scott is the director of, amongst other things, uh, he did Top Gun. Of um, course, he did uh, the um, uh, Beverly Hills Cop Two. Uh, he did Days of Thunder, uh, True Romance, uh, Crimson Tide, The Last Boy Scout, Enemy of the. St- the state spy game uh, man on fire also with um denzel washington another excellent denzel washington yeah. so clearly and unstoppable with denzel washington mm. denzel washington as well yeah. so clearly the two and of them... the taking of pen and one two three with denzel washington <laughs> you see he, he really picked a picked a favorite horse at a certain point didn't he yes yeah very much so but yes yeah, so deja vu uh your french ancestors will be horrified at how you pronounce that <laughs> um but yeah deja vu uh is is your choice for uh, Saturday evening, is that right? Yes, yeah, Sat- no, Sunday evening, sorry. Sunday evening. Sunday evening, great movies, 9pm, deja vu. Let's move to Monday, ITV4, 9pm, Alien. Ridley Scott's Alien, if you might have heard of this brother one. Brother of, you know this one. Ridley Scott, brother of, Tony Scott, who we just talked about. Ah, we could have used that as a segue. You could have done, if you, yeah. Uh, if I, yeah I could have used that as a segue, were I, <laughs> were, were I a better man. Uh, so, of course, Alien, you know, as a, the crew of a commercial spacecraft encounter a deadly life form after investigating an unknown transmission. Uh, this is the classic sort of sci-fi horror, 1979. Um, Sigourney Weaver, of course, starring as Ripley, uh, facing off against the the... the Classic Xenomorph in its first introduction. Uh, it's just, I mean, I, I, don't, I think I could go on for hours about how this is just one of the best looking films that's, that was ever made. It, yeah. Um, can you remember how you felt when you first watched it? I mean, did you, were you thrilled by it? Were you terrified by it? What, what, was, your, what was your take on it? I think, I, so I must have been about 15 or so when I saw the first Alien and I just could not, I was, I mean, I was horrified. I distinctly remember an experience uh, I had to, to pause it part way through to make a disappearance and a piece of paper got caught under a door where I moved and it made a hissing noise that made me jump about 20 feet in the air which shows just how <laughs> invested I was <laughs> and and had you seen the other alien films before or no, was this your first so you I, watched it from the first movie didn't I you? was lucky enough to see them all in release order so I've had the full experience of being uh, disappointed in the franchise like <laughs> like some other people but Alien was such a um, apart from knowing uh, what the xenomorph looked like, uh, mm. which of course everyone does at a certain point, don't they? It's a it's a film icon. Yeah. But watching the mo- but if you've not seen, um, if you were watching that movie fresh back in 1979, you wouldn't have known what it looked yeah. like. The reveal of it would have been quite shocking. I remember there's that first bit where you see it hiding inside the uh, the air vent, and that's you get a flash of it, and then that's yeah. all you see. Yeah. There was one of one of the great great things I think was the way that they they very slowly exposed the alien over the whole course of the movie, and mm. so for so much of it you just don't see it, 
and that's part of the terror and it's the sound that, that it made it was just ugh. again the, the same noise that scared me uh by jumping into the air when i went yeah. open the door um and and how have you viewed the subsequent movies that are all part of this kind of cinematic universe because there are quite a few now well yeah so going forward what we've got alien of course is the classic i personally think of the the original three uh, alien and aliens are of course sort of you know they're in the halls of, hall of greats for a reason i think uh, mm. alien is this great sort of tense suspension horror aliens is, is a very tense it leans more towards a thriller and it starts that debate about horror versus a thriller well is it not maybe more action is it not like the first one was a space horror and the yeah. second one maybe was a space action movie i think you still be a bit scared about it, yeah but, but it was like you know all these sort of space marines going yeah. all gung-ho rather than one person on a spaceship <laughs> you know be, being you know sort of up against this this mysterious thing it, it was less horrific wasn't it yeah you've got a bit of a point there but um so then of course uh alien 3 i think alien 3 it's sort of i think a lot of people debate it i i enjoyed it i i'm not going to pretend it's you know up to the standard of uh, alien itself but i think it sort of goes back to that route and uh it's a little scary Mm, okay um but yes and then um, I, I think that the less said about the uh the more recent ones the better because uh, i Oh, I remember seeing uh, Alien Covenant uh, in the cinema, and it was uh, it. It took a while for me to to get over that one. Okay, uh, so so um, the more recent films, the, the, the Prometheus and Alien Covenant, both also directed by Ridley Scott, who yeah. directed the first one, uh, but James Cameron rather famously did the the second one, and and it's often used as an example of um, where a sequel is arguably better than the first one, or at least worthy. A worthy successor to the first sort one. of on the same uh, sort of terminator 2 terminator uh, train isn't it also james cameron yeah. doing a, another sequel that did the original justice to say the least but yes yeah, so a great horror um sci-fi classic from 1979 and, and at a time in the cinema where you had um sci- sci-fi stuff was all very family friendly and fluffy and it was it was all shiny and nice and bright and optimistic. Star Wars, yeah, well, yeah, you Star Wars. You had Star Trek. The motion picture came out in, in you know at this time as well. Um, yeah, ET came out not long afterwards. But but this was this was in an era where sci-fi was a family thing, mm. and suddenly they took a nice family thing and scared <laughs> and made, life made out it of the me. worst thing it could possibly yeah. be. I think it's just very grungy and lived in, isn't it? But yeah, it, 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 it felt very looked, industrial, didn't it? it didn't yeah. feel futuristic even though it was set in the future. Ah. But uh, anyway, that's Alien. Uh, and then, of course, wonderful performance from Sigourney Weaver carrying that movie. Brilliant. Uh, that's ITV for 9pm on Monday the 2nd of uh, May. Now, also on Monday the 2nd of May, we have also 9pm, so you're going to have to find a way of recording this somehow. But again, over on Great Movies, we have the film Prisoners. Oh, Prisoners. Uh, this 2013 uh, crime mystery uh, is all about uh, when Keller Dover's daughter and her friend go missing, he takes matters into his own hands as the police pursue multiple leads and the pressure mounts. So the father of the kidnapped girls uh, sort of does a bit of vigilante justice when he, when he you know, gets angry. Uh, Hugh Jackman, of course, is playing the father in this one, doing a really good performance as this sort of um, this stress put, put upon father who sort of drags his... Um, drags his family friends into this whole sort of plot to try and solve things. And then on the other hand, you've got the the mystery aspect, which is um, uh, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Just just checking eye contact there to check his name right. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, stars as uh, Detective Loki, who is uh, sort of on the official case of chasing down this, this, this um, these missing girls. But it's uh, this story on two fronts of two people trying to unravel this mystery of who's been kidnapping these girls and how mm. there's this sort of established thing. And it's just so it's really dark but of course i mean it's about 
child kidnapping. It's very dark, but it's just, it handles it really well. And of course, directed by D- Dennis Bienvenu, so it looks beautiful as well. Your, your French is really letting you down this time. I it? thought I'd done all right with Dennis. Uh, Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve, really? Yeah. I, you know, I've been saying that for ages and no yeah. one's corrected me. So He, he phones me. He, said, he says, oh, he goes, ah, oh, you would not believe it. <laughs> Z-Max, I'd get his name right. Denis, oh, oh this Denis. Is he calling in live? Yeah, 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 that was him, that was him. <laughs> anyway, you've got um, other other cast members include Viola Davis, um, Terence Howard, uh, but in particular I was going to mention Paul Dano, who I yes. thought was great in this as well. Yeah. And and, and currently in the Batman movie that's, yes. that's out. And, he, and equally chilling in that. He, re- I think Paul Dano's a really fantastic actor from the few things that I've seen him, but he's been able to sort of uh, get into it and play an important role. I haven't, I'm going to come out and say that it's been on my watch list for forever, but um, uh, it's the, oh, what's the, I'm, going, I'm not going to remember the film now. Um, it's, he stars in, it's the one about the guy, who's the character actor who does, Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, There Will Be Blood. Okay. Uh, he plays Daniel Day-Lewis's son in There Will Be Blood about the oil tycoon. Right. And that's one that's been on my list to watch forever. And I think that was one of his first early roles. Never since he's been playing these bigger and bigger and more important roles. But uh, he was fantastic in this and he was fantastic in the Batman. So he's, again, we talked about Jesse Eisenberg being cast as this sort of a uh, very socially inept person. Uh, Paul, Paul Dano is clearly cast as people who uh, completely uh, cannot be in society at all by the looks of it. Very unhinged people. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, and also I'm going to mention as well, um, Len Cariou, who is a name you may not recognise and the listener may not know, but Len Cariou, he... he He's a very familiar face. He's a character actor who's been in an awful lot of things over the years. But more recently, he's been known for playing Tom Selleck's father on Blue Bloods on TV, oh. even though he's only about four years older than Tom Selleck. But How does that make you feel? Yeah, yeah. Although when you look at them both, you kind of accept that they're father and son, but they absolutely <laughs> cannot be. It might be six years between them, but there's not a lot between their ages. It's sort of the uh, Sean Connery, Harrison Ford thing, isn't it? Kind of, yeah, yeah. But again, you, you know, one buys into that. But, uh, but yeah, um, the other thing with um, Prisoners there, as you mentioned, was directed by... Denis Villeneuve. 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 Ah, oh, it's, it's the last name. Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. That who, was a free Denis. Thank you. Who is connected to the last film. It, 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 there was a connection between you. So we went from Tony Scott being the brother of Ridley Scott. So, mm. And then the connection from Ridley Scott to Denis Villeneuve is Ridley Scott, of course directed the 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 beautiful um futuristic blade runner and denis villeneuve did the sequel blade runner 2049 yeah. um so uh yeah amongst other things more, more recently dune of course as well he, yeah he's, uh, he's done so he does like the sci-fi and he does put a very interesting vision on that but this isn't a sci-fi this is a contemporary movie and he's quite quite chilling with some wonderfully um thought through performances really good performances a huge jackman as well just okay got, he, that gets really nails that grief. Yeah, that's uh, great movies. Nine PM on Monday, the second of May. Prisoners uh, is the movie. So let's move to Thursday, and uh, we have the final film that Max is suggesting. Film four, six thirty-five PM. Star Trek. Star Trek two thousand nine. The brash James T. Kirk tries to live up to his father's legacy with Mister Spock keeping him in check as a vengeful Romulan from the future creates black holes to destroy the Federation one planet at a time in this action adventure sci-fi another triple threat and directed by J.J. Abrams. Yeah, um, and and were you much of a fan of Star Trek prior I, to this? Had I'm going to be. Much? This was so uh, as a teenager. This was my exposure to Star Trek, and to this date, apart from a few episodes of Discovery and I think a bit of Nemesis, uh, this is 
everything I know about Star Trek in these films. And I mean, I I think a lot of people uh, are very, I think it's sort of a hotly debated topic, but I think this does a really good job of nailing, maybe it doesn't nail what Star Trek is originally about, but it, I feel like it got that wonder which Star Trek from what I can tell, is meant to be about. Mm. Well, you see, so Star Trek has been has existed now in one in one way or another since 1966, I think it is. So, so that's what that's coming on for 60 years that Star Trek's been around, and it means different things to different people. There have been different generations of Star Trek, yeah. which 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 are therefore different, you know, different generations. And and this is a, a more modern take that a lot of um, you know people, perhaps of your age and 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 others would would have felt this is their Star Trek. You know, yeah. William Shatner and co. were were maybe your grandparents' Star Trek, and maybe your parents' Star Trek was Patrick Stewart and co., and that this might be your yeah. era of Star Trek. But but I, I do think they, they did a very good job of capturing something of the essence of the original series, but making it really fun and a big old spectacle on, yeah. on the big screen. And also doing it in such a way that it did not throw away everything before. I thought it was very clever the way that they actually used Leonard Nimoy as Spock and they came up with a device whereby he suddenly went back in time but because something changed, everything changed which also explains why they all look a little different and why the ships all look a little different and it's all a little bit more modern. Yeah, they did the whole sort of alternate reality so some things can and can't happen. Yeah, So and and of course right at the beginning there you had playing his um, uh, father... Kirk's father yeah. was um, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth, yeah. and uh, and and it's rumored that he might be in the next Star Trek movie. I feel like that's been around for. A while. I really, that's one that I really want to see come to fruition because mm. I'd love to see. Um, I love have Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth together. Apart from having again more Chris's all on the same set together, well, I think that should be a good opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but with the uh, with the J.J. Abrams era of Star Trek movies, which are very separate from the current era of TV Star Trek, they're on different timelines. Yeah. So they operate. Very differently, and it's all legal reasons why nice they do that. that. Nice they can do that. When you have a timeline, that means you can work out things not having to coexist. Yeah. So the TV stuff all exists within the same, like from the 60s right up to the, the stuff that's on today, and that's what they call the prime timeline. <laughs> and then the J.J. Um, Abrams era, they call it the Kelvin timeline um, because of the, it was the USS Kelvin that was destroyed at the beginning, which is why it changed the timeline. I think that's actually that's fantastic. Well, it's, it's it's like really, worth, really well worth knowing, isn't it? Really, just showing how much of a nerd I am there. The fact that that, that sounded so interesting. But the, <laughs> but the uh, but I think with with JJ Abrams, so there were three Abrams era movies yes. with this cast, and I do think that the this was easily the best one. Yeah, and I do think that they they kind of went downhill after this. But even though they had a wonderful cast, so Benedict Cumberbatch was in the second one and Idris Elba in the third one. Yeah, and despite Idris, that, Idris Elba's a bit wasted in the third one because he's walking around in a sort of a. You can't tell it's him because <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's walking around. In, I mean, they're they're really good special effects. I'm sure. Yeah. I think it was nominated for an Oscar for them. But Quite it's, uh, he's walking around with a rubber face mask on the whole time. So yeah. you, apart from and his voice has been modulated, so you can't even hear Idris no. Elba's iconic voice. No, you can't see him. You can't hear him. But it's him underneath all the prosthetics. Yeah. Yeah, but I think this one, like you said, I think this one does a really good job of the casting is really good. It tied the pacing's all mm. tied really well. Whereas two sort of two sort of delves really hard into this whole um, Benedict Cumberbatch being a bad guy and there's a whole sort of well it, before that movie came out, there was so much speculation that that Benedict Cumberbatch was playing Khan, who was you know Kirk's sort of main nemesis from the yes. from the old movies, and 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 there was so much denial of him playing Khan, and it turns out he was playing Khan. Yeah, yeah, spoiler. Um, Caught you. And all they really did was remake the second Star Trek movie yeah. and, and end it. 
yes, it fell short. Whereas this one was original, was fun, was action packed, and it pays homage to the uh, where it's cut to its roots in a really yeah. nice way as well. And I think uh, the casting is really good as well. Chris Pine as Kirk is really good. Zachary Quinto as Spock does a really fantastic job, yeah. and especially seeing him interact with Leonard Nimoy as Spock as well. I mean, you have this whole sort of the the passing of the torch, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And and what about some of the others? I I, I thought Carla. Is it Carl Urban? Carl Urban. Yes. As, um, as I get Bones. him and Keith Urban confused. One is uh, Nicole Kidman's husband and a country singer, and the other one is Carl oh, Urban. The, the New Zealander, yeah. yeah. Um, Carl Urban as well as Bones does a really good job. Um, mm. he's, he's really picked up recently. I yeah. think he's, he's an actor who, I think since Dread, I've always tried to keep track of his career to see yeah. what he's up to. He's always interested stuff. Bruce Greenwood pay, uh, it plays Captain Pike, who's sort of the, the mentor figure to Pike, to, Chris Pinus. And of course, you've got Simon Pegg in this as Scotty. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Zoe Saldana as Uhura. Yeah. Hey, all of them. The, and, and all the, all I, the I cast. I can sit here the cast for yeah. hours. I, I, just, I really like this. I, John Cho and Anton Yelchin are the only other two you haven't mentioned of the main cast. Winona Ryder. And, oh, yeah, of course, she was in it as well, yeah. wasn't she? Um, but but uh, but yes, uh, th- 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 yeah, it was really well cast um, and yeah. wonderful special effects. Uh, and, and it, yeah, it's... It, it was paying loving respect to the original series yeah. whilst also forging its own path. As an action fan, there are some spectacles that I remember. I still remember seeing it in the cinema and they still hold up to this day. Yeah, there you go. That's Star Trek from 2009, uh, Max's final film choice, Thursday the 5th of May, film 4, 6.35pm. Fun for all the family with that one, not necessarily with some of the others. Um, <laughs> anyway, that concludes the film guide for another week. So, uh, Max, if you had to choose one of those movies uh, to be your film of the week, which one would it be? Took me a little while to think about it, but I'm going to have to go with Alien, which I'm sure Sam will approve of. Yes, yes, Sam, who does the film guide, massive fan of Alien. Yeah. She she very nearly wore her Ripley jumpsuit for her wedding, um, had to be talked <laughs> out of that, um, and uh, apparently still regret. I think it's a choice. bad. I think it's a bad omen if you wear that to a wedding. <laughs> it's it's not going to end well. She, she's still not convinced it was the right choice, but <laughs> anyway, but yes. Yeah, so Alien uh, is is one of her favourites, and uh, it's your film of the week. If you want to see the choices that Max has uh, selected there to watch on TV, the, they're all listed now in the description of this episode podcast thingy, description episode thingy. Blurb. Yeah, that bit. Uh, and also you can find it on our website at com. Next week, it is the return of highly acclaimed local author Howard Linsky in the uh, film guide seat. You'll be back in a few weeks' time, Max. See you soon.